What's up, everyone? I'm here with Peter Kay. We just finished recording a, a great podcast together. We're going to talk um, some of the latest updates on Liquid Apps, an article that Pete just put out explaining some of the new services. But most importantly, we wanted to share uh, the details on the upcoming Everything EOS developer courses, which Peter Kay here is the producer of and technical lead on. Um, and we just wanted to let everyone know how you can get them. So we've been talking about this for weeks. You need to go to everythingeos.io front slash dev, uh, sign up there, and then that's uh, going to be where we, we shoot out the details on, on the next steps. But as far as the next steps, I just wanted Pete here to explain how this smart contract's going to work because the, the courses are going to be free. And they're free. going to free, free, free. And, and we have an automated solution uh, to make it free for everyone. So you want to kind of walk through the contract you put together? So yeah, you'll head to the website, which again isn't up yet, but you'll get an email if you sign up at everythingeos.io slash dev. You'll head to the website and you'll enter an EOS username you want to use and your email address. You'll just sign the transaction with Scatter, not, not a paid transaction or anything. You're just signing an action, submitting your email and confirming that you have voted for a number of block producers, really, I think, what did we say? Five was the minimum. You don't. You can have one token. You can have a million tokens. You don't have to have a specific number of tokens. And uh, Cypherglass needs to be one of those block producers. But we don't want it to be like vote buying. If there's a reason you don't want to vote for Cypherglass, that's fine. We're also going to provide a web form where if you tell us why you don't want to vote for Cypherglass, which has sponsored this whole course, uh, then you can also get the course for free. So there, there will be a price on Udemy, but we don't expect anyone to pay it. The, the whole, we want these courses to benefit the entire community with as wide of reach as possible. So we made a low barrier of entry and the barrier of entry is basically, we want to see that you know how to vote. Everything EOS and our sponsor Cypherglass want to give you access to the knowledge you need to build great projects on EOSIO. But there's a lot to learn. JSX, React, Node, C++, the EOS libraries for EOSJS and C++, Diffuse, Scatter.js, and more. That's why we're bringing you the Everything EOS Developer Courses. In the first course, which runs parallel to BlockOne's official online text tutorial, we're bringing you hours of video content to help you set up your development environments, learn basic concepts, code and test the smart contract, and build and deploy the front end. From zero knowledge to an app, in one course. We've got extensive code alongs and down-to-earth explanations, so I hope you'll join us this month for the first Everything EOS developer course. So make sure you check out the course, and remember everyone, go EOS! What's up everyone? Uh, we're here with Peter K. You may know him from the EOS developer courses that are coming up very soon, and he's also uh, one of the newest members of the Liquid Apps team, along with Myself, actually. Um, it's no secret that we are partners on a lot of different endeavors together. Uh, we started together at ICO Alert. Rob Finch hired both of us, uh, me in 2017, you in early, early 2018. We worked there together for a while. And then uh, towards the end of that run, we started building some games together on EOS. We, we spun up a game studio. And then I was with Everything EOS with Rob, and then we brought you on because of your obvious talent with, with being able to educate and, and teach and explain technical concepts in a way that regular people can understand. Uh, so now mm -hmm. um, Liquid Apps saw that talent. Yeah, I mean, when some people asked me after ICO Alert, they said, what would be the ideal position for you, you know? And I, I kind of 
hemmed and hawed a little bit and then decided it was technical content. Like that was where it at where it was at. And it wasn't necessarily like manuals. It was describing technology that's complicated to regular people and also to developers that weren't, you know, experienced with the technology. Maybe they just were traditional web developers or whatever. And uh, so I, I didn't know if that kind of position was ever going to come across my plate. So we started doing all kinds of other things. And and then Liquid Apps contacted me and said, hey, we need somebody to explain Liquid Apps, which I already thought was a great project, already had a video out about it, just explaining it really quickly. They liked it and they said, we want you to come and explain our technology both to developers and to the public. So it was perfect. It was exactly what I was looking for. You mentioned how your ideal position was like being this like technical liaison who could speak common English to the lay people. And you, you're amazing at it. You're, you were literally like, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best in the world at that because it's such a rare, like, unique skill. I mean, you could video edit, you can code, you could speak, and you could write. I, I, I don't think that combination is, is very common. Um, and my talent, I guess, is ha having the ability to connect with people and just read a ton of information and kind of know a little bit about everything. And then... Oh, dude, you're amazing at that. <laughs> They're calling you the EO sleuth, Sherlock Holmes, you know? I mean... Uh, it's you're just a phenomenal sleuth at that, and then and then you talk with all the people, you know, you socialize with all of them, you put together what they say. Watch out when Zach talks to you, because if you drop hints, <laughs> he'll put them together with the other hints, and he'll come up with a massive theory that usually ends up being true. I mean, at least we'll, so far, we'll we'll see if they're true. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I got a little like recently, I've definitely been carried away with the, the predictions and speculation. But at the end of the day, my goal is to educate and let people know like what's going on in the ecosystem because there there's a lot of silos in, in information and what's what's being put out there. And in in an open source community, the whole goal is to to, to share everything, share your libraries, share your code, so that if someone built something that may have taken them months to build, it, it could save the next developer months of build time, and then they could just run a single line of code to, to complete that same function. And like, or, or data standardizations like dgoods. I, I, we talked about dgoods for, for weeks on, on the podcast, and I had so many developers and, and projects talk to me and like thank me for just putting that on their radar and, and like, constantly putting it on the radar because then they, they knew that they didn't have to build this NFT standard themselves. And I, didn't, didn't we have something with something we were developing? Yeah. yeah, we had a couple of things. I mean, at Dappiness, we had NFTs planned and then D-Goods came out and we knew that was going to simplify things a little bit, at least as far as standards go. And then we had to get uh, price oracles, you know, mm -hmm. somehow. We had to query APIs from various coin sites like CoinMarketCap, CoinGecko, Nomics, you know, whatever, and, uh, and you know, drop outliers and try to do this in a trustless way, which is actually pretty hard, you know. And uh, so Liquid Apps just recently announced, and I'm sure we'll get to this pretty quick, just recently announced that uh, they have HTTPS Oracle uh, function that now you can just in a decentralized way, as the DSPs start to spin up, you can start using them and they'll get that information for you in a way that you can verify and continually check on, you know, as you go. So, uh, so now it would be much easier to design that thing we we're building back, you know, months ago, uh, where we had to get coin prices, because now we could do it in a quick decentralized way with like literally one line of code. I mean, there's mm -hmm. some libraries you have to include and stuff, but that's easy. And as long as we got set up with DSPs, we'd have one line of code, basically. 
mm-hmm. it's the functions <clears throat> that Liquid Apps is building and well has introduced already uh, are they're they're integral. They're kind of integrated. It's not like they're integrated into EOS, it, but when you're developing, it seems like they are because mm-hmm. of the way it's built. So you can just say, "Hey, I need prices," and as if. It were working in the Uryo smart contract, and it, and it works because the DSPs provide that service to you. It, it's really amazing tech. So th- that's how this all started. Was we, we th- from the very first like blog article that that was produced from the Liquid Apps team. It was specific about VRAM and mm-hmm. re- resources. The resource costs of RAM on the main net, even though it's gone down significantly from its peak, it, it's still always been an issue. So. Like for that was one of the big reasons we, we were excited to, to get the word out about it with, without even having contact with the team. Okay. It, it, it was just really cool because this whole time I, I've been doing everything EOS. Um, you, you came on board to start working on the developer courses a, a few months ago. I'm not sure the exact date. But while all that was going on, we were working together on, on some uh, projects together. Uh, and you, you were obviously working on the, the code and the smart contract and the architecture. So it, it was really interesting to have this insider perspective of all these problems we ran into with, with building a decentralized application. And the Oracle example you gave is a perfect one. We literally had to come up with our own solutions for this problem. And then a project came along, like you said, that could solve that problem in one line of code. And I don't know how much time you actually spent trying to develop your own solution for the oracles, but the next person who wants to do that exact same thing because of us communicating this information and the liquid apps and the DAP network, uh, the DAP network community like developing these tools, the next person doesn't have to spend that time. They, they just have to come across me talking about on everything EOS or come across one of your blog articles you write with the educational content and that that time could be saved. So that's saving like right. cost, costs of time, uh, well, cost of development, and, and just time in general so that they could be working on what's actually important to their application, whatever makes it unique. Because th- there's a lot of tasks like an Oracle, like randomness, that are, are, are so common across the board with so many different applications that they shouldn't all be making them in silos. Everyone could use like, like the same tools and, and save a lot of time and then focus on whatever the, the core part of the, their app or their game actually is because they don't have to worry about these things that are being handled uh, through a library or through something like the DAP network. Right. Well, I mean, you know, the, the way we did it, the way we ended up starting to do it, uh, the Oracle problem, it, it ended up being a little bit too centralized anyway. You know, we had plans for down the road to do this complicated stuff to decentralize it. But it was still kind of centralized, even though we were trying to we were trying to basically, first of all, control for outliers, like maybe one of these sites is wrong or compromised or whatever. Uh, but there were still centralized factors in there that now we don't have to deal with. And uh, but one of the reasons that I joined Liquid Apps is because, like you're saying, people will come on, they'll see this video or they'll see an article and they'll be like, my problems are solved. I can do web oracles now. I can get any information from the web, from APIs, from Wolfram Alpha, from from another blockchain even. I can grab that information in a way that I'm confident can't really be gamed. And But then they'll think about the next step and, okay, where do I go to learn how to do that? And that's what we need to flesh out. 
That's why we're starting to write these intro articles. We're starting to flesh out documentation. We're starting to work on tutorials and advanced, you know, both written tutorials and video tutorials so that now there's a next step where you can go and say, oh, all right, now I'm going to learn how to do this. And here's some examples. Here's some detailed documentation. Here's some help. Uh, Because, you know, whenever a new technology comes out, uh, the documentation that exists for it is really for early adopters. And Mm -hmm. I, I felt this way even with Elemental Battles. You know, um, we, we've been making the Elemental Battles tutorial for the Everything EOS developer courses, right? And Coming soon. Every, yeah. And every once in a while, I go through something in the official tutorial, which has been updated several times and is designed for beginners. And I say, wait a minute, this, this doesn't work, or this is, this is wrong in the tutorial. And it's not that it was even wrong when it was launched, but things have changed since then. There's some uh, maybe prerequisite that I don't have installed or set up or don't, don't fully understand or whatever. And, uh, and so it's still not for beginners. Uh, mm. It's, it's for, uh, so we, we have a definite gap between where we are as far as documentation and tutorials and helping developers learn and where we want to be. And that's my role is to come in and bridge that gap increasingly. So first you'll see an article like the one that came out that says, hey, these are the services, general kind of high level picture. And then maybe we'll work on some deeper dive articles that explain how they work in, in depth. And then we'll have some tutorials and then we'll have some videos. You know, that's that's what we're doing so that people can come see this video, say, hey, I want that and go and immediately learn how to do it. Um, so I don't think we've actually introduced the article we're talking about. So Pete, Pete yeah, wrote yeah. the most recent Liquid Apps article. I'll have it up on the screen, but it's the, the DAP network just added powerful new features for you as DAPs. Peter's the author of that, um, and very very good writing talent. I, I, I told you that privately, but I, I've always thought that when we worked together at ICO Alert, uh, you, you clearly flourished there too with writing the Ethereum challengers and then the, the time and effort you always put into your Bitkenstein's Table podcast and your philosophy background. Just a really intelligent guy. I just want to throw that out there. Um, but... Thanks. You're flourishing right now, man. I, I, you are going to be. So I, I know we, we were just talking about uh, Liquid Apps, but we, we got to backtrack to the Everything EOS developer courses because, after all, th- this is Everything EOS. Um, and the courses are coming soon. You're going to be the first face that a lot of new developers being onboarded into the ecosystem are, are going to see. So that, that's like, it, it's, it's, I guess, probably hard to conceptualize now. But, but given how many early signups we've had for the course so far and, and how much excitement there is around it, th- that's just the EOS community a- as it stands today. That's not even including the people who haven't even heard of it yet. You're going to be the first one that they see and learn from. And I, I don't think there's a better person. I mean, I don't know everyone in the world, uh, but within my circle of people I've met, you're, you're the best person for this job. And I- I've seen the quality of, of the courses I- I've watched so far. Um, right for everyone watching, we're just going through some very final touches. Pete had to add a new title to his name because he has new responsibilities with Liquid Apps, uh, so he had to go back and re-render that's, all that's of his videos. The, that, that's not one of the final touches. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I know. So that's <laughs> I something. Didn't even I, okay, have the title in there. So, so that's something I could understand because I, I know how tedious the video editing could be. And well, Pete you know, you know how technical. You know how technical t- 
glitches go. And every once in a while, something changes, like uh, a new ESJS change, and I have to go change something that's actually technical. But what I mean is you know how the changes can be with video or something where there's, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, there's a green screen error here, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, I'm, not, I'm not too perfectionist. I think I spend like the first eight courses with like the most crooked glasses that you've ever seen. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I get some of the angles are a little bit less than ideal. And, you know, it's my first tutorial course. So there were things to work through and just always improving. But I'm glad that you said that, that you like the quality of them because you saw the worst one. There, there's, a, there's a good reason that no one else has done anything like this. And it, it's because it takes an incredible amount of time and an incredible amount of different types of talent. And you just happen to be able to know, know how to explain things, know the technicals of how it works, know how to speak, and then know how to edit the video yourself. It's, it's a combination the, of a lot of different, different factors, yeah. It, it's like a lot like of things a, that go into it. It, it's a combination of all of your talents is how I would describe it. And I, well, I guess if you I think about it, you think about when you, when you encounter an EOS developer, right? How, how often do you meet someone that you don't know already who says, hey, I develop on EOS. You know, I'm, a, I'm an EOS developer. And mm-hmm. uh, they know the skills and they know how it works and they've built a DAP. You know, what are those people doing right now? They're doing what, you know, they... I guess they should be doing and what makes sense to them. That's developing for projects because mm-hmm. we get projects all the time that come in and say, I need an EOS developer. Exactly. You know, I need EOS development talent. And we say, well, there is no EOS development talent. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> there are talents out there, but they're all already engaged. They're all already uh, employed at places, you know, or working on their own projects <laughs> that they're not going to leave. And so very few people are taking the time. There's there's a huge, huge props to the developer community coming out in developer telegram channels and things like that to answer questions and write documentation. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But this, a video course, that's like a whole nother level of time commitment. Mm-hmm. So a video tutorial course is, is a huge time commitment beyond mm-hmm. just explaining to someone. You know, I could explain to somebody multi-index tables or whatever, and I could try to do that in a small number of messages in a Telegram channel, but to make a video about it and to run through this tutorial about it and to have the, the code about it and the Telegram support and, you know, get it up on Udemy and meet their standards and all this stuff, that, that takes a lot more effort than that. So that's why we haven't seen it, it done, I think, is because all of us who know how to develop on EOS... Uh, it's enough of a full-time job Mm -hmm. to keep track of all the updates and what's going on. And on top of that, you're working on on projects because there's such a high demand for that. A a good example of what you were just describing, whenever um, we were wrapping up one of our our games a few weeks ago, um, we were looking into, we we need someone to audit the code and, and pen test it. And it's next to impossible because the only people in this ecosystem that are at a level of expertise that you would trust doing a security audit for you, they're probably already working 60 plus hours a week programming on their own internal projects or or for multiple other uh, contracted projects that they're working on. So it's just so hard to find uh, availability and that that's the problem that we're trying to solve with these developer courses is we want to give uh, new developers into the ecosystem that on-ramp. So the course caters to someone who doesn't really know much about programming, but I I think the people that will really hit the ground running are the people who are are full-stack developers who just never 
necessarily worked on a blockchain or never worked with EOSIO. Is, is that how you would kind of describe yeah. who it's catered to? It's it's kind of a difficult balance point, right? It's definitely not for somebody who's never programmed at all before. Uh, I mean, we use HTML and don't explain it much. You know, I mean, that's just how mm-hmm. it's going to be. Um, we don't explain all the ins and outs of JavaScript. I spend more time explaining C plus plus. In fact, a good deal more time because uh, you know I think your average person who hasn't programmed on EOS but wants to do like this kind of full stacked app uh, has probably done JavaScript stuff before, mm-hmm. you know, and hasn't done C plus plus. But it, it's it's this difficult bridge between. Uh, I'd say that anyone who has done a little bit of programming, even web programming will will have a hard time because there's a lot of concepts, but they'll be able to do it. And then it, we go all the way over to your experienced developer. A very experienced developer, especially in C++, might get a little bored. And there are times when I say, you might want to skip this course or just look at the code mm-hmm. because we're going to be explaining basic C++ things or whatever in this, in this episode. But uh, your middle-of-the-road guy, it's perfect for the middle-of-the-road. And if, it, if we're explaining a little too much, you can always put the video on a faster speed. If we're explaining too little, you can reach out in the Telegram or you can check out the written materials where we have links to other places you can go to find out things. And uh, I hope we've struck the right balance. So I, I, I remember... We being me. I keep saying I, we, like this royal <laughs> we. I hope well, I this, struck this the right balance. Well, this royal we. So, <laughs> so whenever Pete and I get together, when we refer to we, we could be referring to a lot of things because we're basically <laughs> attached to the hip on so many different projects right now with the everything EOS, uh, Evan's still running Dappiness, uh, which we're still a part of, like more of a managerial role at this point. Um, and then uh, Liquid Apps. Did I say Liquid Apps or everything EOS already? But all, all three of those. So yeah, it's yeah. like we're we're kind of constantly communicating about something. And I, I think... Like I said, this is going to be a great onboarding tool with the courses. And what I think is unique is, in, in, in the EOS community especially, we always talk about scalability, right? Like scalability of technology. How do we make things faster, more efficient, and more scalable? And what we were able to do with these developer courses and what you're able to do w- with your technical talents and technical writing talents is you're able to scale yourself and your own knowledge. How else, like, imagine if you're a tutor and you're, you're tutoring someone or mentoring them one-to-one. On, one one. How, how do you scale that, 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 that uh, level of experience for, for the student in that case? And you could scale it by, by creating mass, like, appeal content, which would be, in the case of the EOS Developer Series, a full 30-lesson course with over eight hours of content and then for liquid apps right now, you're, you're writing a, a lot of technical written content, and eventually uh, I'm sure you'll work uh, videos into the mix also. But that is one way to scale knowledge is by, by putting it in these digestible pieces to educate the masses. So like, like what we're able to do with the Everything EOS developer courses is we're able to scale you and your time because your, your time's limited. So how do you scale time? You, you, you repeat time and you repeat time through making some something that could be mass pre- or mass, I don't, I don't know the terminology. You you do something th- that that could be repeated over and over mm-hmm. again. These courses, um, they took you a lot of time to create, but the results of that time is, is going to be multiples in the hundreds, and that that's something that became real to me when I when I started doing this podcast, and and I realized the knowledge that Rob and I were pre- presenting to the community. 
because I, I put a lot of time into the regular Everything EOS, the longest running EOS podcast with Rob. I, I put a lot of time into researching for each episode and putting that script together. I put hours into uh, pre-production of every script and show. And then whenever I was editing them myself, I was spending an entire day doing, doing the editing. And sometimes it would get spread out over two or three days because I might not have eight hours available the following day. But the time it took, uh, so let's say it takes 10 total hours to, to do one Everything EOS podcast with Rob. It gets listened to for hundreds of hours per episode. So that, like, I consider that scaling my own time. If, mm -hmm. if I could help uh, thousands of people with 10 hours of my time, it, it's well worth it for this ecosystem because it makes it better. And I understand my part in this community. I, I, Rob and myself are some, some of the first faces that people see whenever they start digging a little deeper in the EOS. We might not be their first touch point. They might hear about it from someone else, but whenever they start digging deeper, sure enough, they're going to come across the, the content we do. And I, I, I don't take that responsibility lightly. And now, now that you've become a more regular member on, on the show, just doing talks like this, but especially with the developer courses, you're going to have that same like, responsibility on your shoulders of being that guy that, that scaled himself and like grew the community and, and made such a positive impact because uh, I don't even know how many hours you put into this thing. Well over, uh, I don't know. How, how many hours did you estimate you actually spent developing the entire course? Or season? Tens of thousands. Um, realistically, <laughs> hundreds, I would think. It's been weeks. I mean, so. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't tracked it. Um, so I could estimate. If it's, ten, if it's eight hours of finished content, that means you recorded for at least eight hours, and then every hour you record usually takes at least two there's or three There's a lot more. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot more than recorded. Oh, you mean uh, eight hours of finished? Finished yeah, content. Well, no, the, yeah, you record a lot more, actually, uh, than, than because um, despite, you know, no matter how, especially in this course, uh, it's like I'm freeform coding it most of the time, but I can't because I'm following the official tutorial. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have to I have to do what the official tutorial does. Sometimes that's something that I wouldn't even do. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> you know, like I, I tend to prefer maybe I mentioned this before. I tend to prefer very short functions. Uh, so if I'm going to do multiple things in a function, I make all those separate functions, you know, and that this tutorial doesn't do that. It's just a different coding style. So um, there's things I wouldn't do. But then also, it's just done in a very specific way sometimes, and I've got to refer back to it. But I don't want the, the course to be like me, me saying, you know, me going, oh, what did they do here? You know, oh, well, what was the next line? Uh, because it's not that, you know, I, we couldn't write this function on our own interactively, which would be cool. And that would be something mm -hmm. more like the future courses. It's that we do want to keep in line with the Elemental Battles tutorial, not just to follow a template and to make sure it works, but so that if you are looking at the Elemental Battles tutorial as additional help, you know, or you're referring to it quickly. You don't want to watch a 30-minute video again to just review what we did. You want to look through the written lessons and the code. Then you can do it, and it's basically the same code. So, uh, so yeah, there's been a lot more filming that goes into this uh, because, you know, I, I cut out the referencing code parts, mostly. So I, I think it'd be safe to say hundreds of hours would be 200 plus. Would, would you say that that's in the ballpark? Um, yeah, yeah, let's say that. I, you know, it's ballpark. 
Yeah, so I that, just, that I get that's I, I get myself lost in in marathons where I'll if you if you watch you'll notice sometimes I'm wearing the same thing for like eight videos <laughs> because I will I'll just sit down and just record for a massive stretch and then deal with the editing later. <laughs> that, that's what uh, I mean though. Why no one else is in the position to do this? Because like who who had like you were the whole time you were developing that course you were also. Man- managing a few projects we were doing together and then you're coming on just regular everything use to do like the original liquid apps like conference call like before we were part of the team and, and I, I i have no idea you're like an iron man of, of technical work i i don't know how how you kept up with that uh vigorous schedule but that's what i mean by no well, one else it's could do this unless it was I- all they did and they weren't developing anything on their own which would make them a more rusty developer i guess <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, it helps that I'm, I'm single. <laughs> I, I, I tell you that uh, all I'm, the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps that I'm single. And then, uh, and then it's, it's nice to work at home as well. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many hours you lose commuting, oh, even yeah. if you are close to work and then you have meetings with people and games or whatever, super smash, if it's IC alert, you know, <laughs> um, and you just, I'm not saying those are wasted hours, you know, social hours with coworkers. That's great. Uh, but working from home, just a lot, a lot more productivity. And now, now working at a liquid apps, it's going to be nice to, to start to really focus a little bit more and be less kind of harried. Uh, and in the next course, I know that I'll be outsourcing the editing work, which is a huge amount of the work. And, mm-hmm. uh, now that the kind of template is set too courses in the future will be easier to produce. They probably won't be easier to take because the content will be a good deal more advanced. We're going to, we're going to go, and this isn't, none of this is a promise, but the next planned course is a, I guess I can can talk about it, right? It's a, it's going to be a PVP game of some sort. Uh, Originally it was dice, but I'm thinking of something more original. And, uh, and so that's, that's more complicated already. We're going to actually deploy it to testnet. Uh, we're going to use secure randomness. We're going to talk about normal, like smart contract vulnerabilities. We're going to talk about using scatter, which is not something we do in this course. Uh, we're going to use, we're going to potentially use defuse. We're going to potentially use other services on the DAP network. Uh, it's going to be a, not just a basic DAP like elemental battles, but a full featured DAP. And it's going to definitely be targeted for people with more development experience. Uh, like either you've done the original course and you understand it pretty well, or you skipped it because you were already an EOS developer, you know, and you want to learn these new technologies on EOS. Uh, but I'm excited about it. It's going to be a whole different ball game. But I'm also excited to have some editing help on that one as well. But um, one of the interesting things here, and one of the reasons that I'm still with everything EOS and with Liquid Apps. And and both, both parties are fully both parties are fully aware of this, um, is that there's a lot of synergy here because like I said, I mentioned uh, secure randomness and and VRAM and other DAP network services for the next course. You know, it's part of the education flow here where we're going to introduce DAP network services because they are genuinely helpful and mm-hmm. amazing uh, in these developer courses, and that's that's the synergy here. Uh, so this course, while it's an everything EOS course, will also be educational content that promotes the DAP network. So, I I, th- I think I, now is a good time to say like, 
this isn't a show for DAP Network or Liquid Apps. Oh, man. We both... Yeah, no, like, definitely I, I, I know how many um, opportunities well, no, no, I've, no, you know I've been approached with. And I know how many you've been approached with. And we, mm-hmm. we mostly ignore them or politely decline them. <laughs> so, like, people, I, I think they probably are aware of this. But if you're not, like, we're, we're telling you, like, we've had plenty of opportunities to, to, to do stuff in, in addition to our, our, what we were doing before, like how I'm able to do everything EOS and Liquid Apps, I, I, I've had other, other projects, block producers uh, approach me uh, about doing a similar setup. And I, I, I've always kind of turned them down uh, because I wanted to focus on really growing everything EOS, and, and I have. And now that whenever the Liquid Apps thing came up, like, like, what were your thoughts? Because I, 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 I know it's, you've turned down a lot same. of stuff, and then this one came along, and you're like, wow. Th- I, like you're, it's almost like it was a shock because you're so used to just like saying, oh, I appreciate <laughs> the offer, but um, I'm really busy. But this one is like, wow, th- this, this is game-changing technology here, and I actually think I'm the perfect fit for what they need. Like, right. Like, yeah, it was it was. Uh, yeah, it's perfect fit. You're right. A lot of the other things were not perfect fit. Like they wanted a blockchain engineer or something. And it's just something that uh, for me would be quite a bit of a learning curve. And I mean, maybe I could do it, but uh, but also just wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, mm-hmm. I want to help explain. I want to help educate and I want to help spread blockchain and EOS and, and just crypto in general uh, by telling people about it and you said we're not shilling and that's that's sort of true but 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 what i I am shilling here what i am shilling here is how much this helps you as a developer Mm -hmm. uh how much this this code that's been introduced will as as the dap network grows as it matures will help as mm-hmm. help developers out because these are all problems that we've all encountered. If you've developed for any significant amount of time on EOS, you've been like, uh, well, let's do it this way. Oh, wait, we can't because there's no way we'll be able to afford the RAM for that. Mm-hmm. You know, or users are going to have to pay an exorbitant ramp cost or let's do it this way. Oh, wait, we can't because that would require a third party Oracle. And we we don't have time at this hackathon to deal with that or whatever. Let's do it this way. Oh, wait, we got to implement secure randomness. And that's complicated and introduce multi-party secrets and all that. You know, there are all these things that now are going to become straightforward and yet still be as decentralized, if not more decentralized than those solutions you had to spend days cooking up before. Uh, so it's when we say game changer, it's I, I mean, I'm shilling it to you to developers out there as I guess I'm not it's not it's definitely not, a you know, a financial shill at all. But um, shilling it to developers and saying, look, you guys got to check this out because it could solve your problems, make your life a whole lot easier, streamline your project development, resulting in better projects released earlier uh, and and building the EOS community that much faster. I guess shill, shill has kind of like a ne- negative connotation, but I'm like a sure. shameless EOS shill. Like I <laughs> believe wholeheartedly in EOS IO and also DAP Network and like call it whatever word you want to call it. We, I, I was telling everyone about VRAM before I even had my first conversation with the actual team of Liquid Apps. I saw the EOS Weekly video, I read the blog, and I was already like, basically talking like I always have like an open communication uh, with a lot of different projects and I was already sharing the links and saying hey have you seen this Uh, because like you said it could solve a lot of problems the the VRAM is such a big deal 
be, because it basically makes it so you don't have any more excuses. I mean, no excuses was, was kind of one of the, the catchphrases of, of Liquid Apps, for, still is, and because there's no more excuses of, of not keeping things uh, on-chain, on basically. You don't need to use these off-chain solutions because storage and memory is, is not a cost limitation anymore. It's now just a, a matter of integrating a, a, a few libraries, and then like you said, it's, it's a, a one line of code, right? Right, and it's and it. You say it's on chain. It, it is when you store anything in VRAM. The 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 storing process where you had it in RAM and evict it. That doesn't mean that now the DSP stores it. That doesn't mean it's stored off chain because it's still in the chain history. If anything, you could think of it as the DSP caching it. Because you can still, even if you lose all the VRAM, the DAB network were to collapse, all DSPs were to be simultaneously sabotaged and explode in flames. Uh, you could, as long as there were still EOS endpoints, mm -hmm. you could replay, and EOS Nation tried this, and they replayed in a, in a matter of minutes. Uh, you can replay the chain history, and you're back online. You're good to go. Because all those transactions where you stored things in VRAM, yeah, they're not currently stored in RAM. They're not currently in state, but they're all in chain history. So it's that's decentralized. That means you have integrity too. The DSP cannot change your data, even though it's caching it, right? Your data in VRAM can't be modified because whenever it's warmed up into RAM and whenever it's used in a contract, its integrity is verified with something on chain. Like this was the data that was here in RAM. So we can trust it. It hasn't been modified. So there's and then that's just VRAM. You know, there are a lot of other examples with all of the other things. When you uh, when you use your DSP to verify the web oracles that are provided to you by other DSPs, uh, that verification is on chain. You know, you're doing a verification and it's on chain. Uh, this is it's not a second layer that centralizes things more. In fact, I'd argue it's a second layer that decentralizes things more. I, and, and so, and you could decentralize it as much as as you want. Also, like. So it's decentralized in the sense that even if everything would explode and be gone, I mean, it's still on chain and, and it's just as decentralized as DS mainnet at that point. Mm -hmm. But while, while the DSPs are running, you could choose how, how many of them you want to stake to to decide how redundant you want your application to be and how decentralized you want it to be. I, I think it's really interesting uh, some of the examples you gave in your article of what, are, what is now possible be because of these new services, like, the, like especially the web oracles. And I thought it was interesting how in some of your examples you gave um, as if the DAP would run their own DSP, that way they're calling the API and getting a certain result, and then they're comparing it to, to what all the other DSPs gave them as the result also. Um, I, I think one of the coolest examples is for how you could do a prediction market with so much less work than something like Augur. So with, with mm -hmm. Augur, it relies on people staking their reputation to provide the results on chain. So they're act, it's like a manual process of being an oracle. You're basically staking rep tokens and saying, all right, w what I'm telling you is the truth, and if it's not the truth, I'm going to lose all of these tokens. Whereas creating a prediction market now with these Oracle services, it could be done in a, a completely trustless way without any, any middlemen, really. Um, you, you gave an example of a prediction market in your article, but, uh, but I'm going to try to trip you up here a little bit. Why don't you try all to right. give me an example that's not in the article for a prediction market? That way, if someone already read the article, maybe this will be a new idea for them. All right. 
Um, well, how about uh, one of the most common prediction market use cases, right? Sports scores. All right, let's say sports scores, right? Always comes uh, back to gambling, right? <laughs> it's blockchain. Yeah. <laughs> right but, yeah. now, let's say you have one DSP, all right? Or you, let's just say you do it even without a DSP. You have one Oracle source. Maybe you use Oracleize or whatever. And you grab a sports score from one source. Well, that could be wrong. That could be rigged. And you, you think that's kind of absurd because you're just a little dap. And, you know, there's 50 bucks riding on this. But what if in the future you grow to be pretty big and your contract has, I don't know, millions of dollars riding on a bet, right? Well, your cat is, uh, <laughs> in the way again, uh, this is great. Okay. We should start a prediction market for how often Zach's cats appear on, on show. The cats are uh, great because uh, I like to do some meme stuff, some more, like, entertaining stuff sometimes and that takes obvious work in post-production but the cats are free man they, they don't take any extra work to make appearances and l- lick their privates on camera and be, do silly cat things so the, the cat the cat in this house does not come in the basement i don't know why <laughs> i don't know why maybe it's these lights uh but so so yeah so you're getting sports scores what if your dap grows to be huge and or even just sort of huge, um, or maybe has a competitor that wants to break it or whatever. And there's multi-million dollar bets riding on, I don't know, the World Series or whatever. And someone figures out that just by attacking your Oracle or even intercepting somehow, right? I'm not very good at man-in-the-middle attacks, but somehow intercepting the information, they can win. They can get the contract to give them a payout. Um, That's a problem, right? So, but now what you can do is you can have multiple DSPs, and let's say they all query, uh, you ask them all for ESPN and the NFL, all right? Uh, and that's not World Series, ESPN and the MLB, all right? So basically, um, multiple APIs that would right, provide multiple sports APIs. scores. Okay. Right, maybe there are more, okay? Uh, I think Wolfram Alpha does it, but it might not be up to date as quickly as the others. And so you grab the scores from there and you compare those DSPs' results. Uh, now, if one of them is telling you that that this team won, you know, let's let's come up with the real teams here. One of you is telling them the Blue Jays are on a winning, starting a new winning streak again. It's been a long time, <laughs> and uh, what was it, ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, and I I the tell you. <laughs> I think I think so. We, we could so ask the Wolf Blue from Jays. Alpha. Yeah, yeah, we could ask uh, Wolf from Alpha. But what if they cheat us? Uh, the Blue Jays are winning, and you're like, no, no, I, you know, I, you look, you're watching TV. Um, or you're, and, and, you know, I don't know, the Dodgers won and uh, does that, could that even happen? Do you know which, uh, leagues that, are in? I'm, going, I'm not a sports fan. I'm it. not a sports fan. So Dodgers v. Blue Jays, uh, in Atlanta for some reason. And, <laughs> uh, the Blue Jays win, this DSP tells you, but the other DSPs tell you that the Dodgers win and, uh, you have reason to doubt that DSP, the Blue Jays DSP. Right, and you can continue to test them, or you can ditch them right away, uh, because they were trying to cheat you, because they were trying to rig and you know take out take that millions of dollars from your DAP by providing false results, or they're just unreliable, and I don't know how that would even happen, but they're providing bad results, right? But what if the all the DSPs decide, hey, there's ten million dollars riding in this contract, we could place a huge bet that the Blue Jays are going to win, and you know, if they don't win because they're the underdogs, then we just say they win and we collect a ton of money, right? Well, if they're all trying to cheat you, the way to get past that 
in, a, in an on-chain, like, safe way where you don't have to do manual verification is run your own DSP, which a lot of DAPT providers will want to do anyway, right? And your own DSP gets sports scores as well. And uh, your own DSP says, no, the Dodgers won. And all these other DSPs say the Blue Jays won. And you have time. You can intercept. You can throw some kind of assertion or whatever and uh, stop them from stealing all your money. Basically, your own DSP, which can run on the network and can provide services for other dApps and have dApps staked to it and all that stuff, your own DSP verifies that the other DSPs are not in collusion against you. Again, right now, with the volumes we're seeing, that's kind of it's kind of silly that they would try to collude unless it was just like kids trying to you know yeah be like, kids. This and, is like a worst and, but, doomsday scenario of the most yeah, like manipulative right. people in the world. But really, they'd be like risking their entire business models, and like it, it just wouldn't make sense for all of these DSPs to collude. And for them to collude, they would need to communicate with each other and hope that no one blew the whistle on this other guy that was trying to collude with them. Like it, it's kind of like. Right. On the main net, like if, uh, if one block producer approached like EOS New York or Cypher Glass and was like, let's trade votes, chances are that uh, they, if they did that to enough block producers, one of them would like call them out publicly and say, this yeah. guy oh, emailed me sure. asking me to cheat with him. <laughs> so like, well, there's, there's a, so much at risk that this is unlikely. But what you're describing is that even in this most unlikely scenario, this is still a, a solution right. to, to, to get the actual results. Right, exactly. And well, let's let's take a more likely example then. All right, what about random numbers? And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it's much more likely that three DSPs would be in collusion about random numbers because you couldn't detect that necessarily, right? They would just kind of rig the numbers so that they won their casino games, and maybe you'd view the distribution of numbers and see something is off, uh, but maybe not. You know, it'd be much more difficult to detect. Uh, well. In that case, that, that's what they would probably try to do, is not something huge like <laughs> we are going to tell you that the Blue Jays won the World Series when everyone in the world knows that mm. they didn't. It'd be something more subtle, and maybe it's something I haven't thought of yet. Uh, and these subtle attacks that wouldn't be very detectable and could be maybe explained away. Well, even in that case... You can provide verification. You know, you can you can uh, you can provide a DSP that verifies that they're not doing that over time. Like maybe it's not some huge exit scam. Maybe it's just trying to like cut the cream off the top of your DAP over time in an unnoticeable way. You can still prevent that. Well, I think with the randomness, anything that's predictable can be gamed and, and beaten, and we've actually seen that with, with uh, some particular online casinos uh, in 2018, where yeah someone probably an ESIO programmer themselves who really understood uh, like how to watch everything on chain, they were able to basically decode uh, the randomness of, a, of some of these apps and they were able to like, how, how would you describe these exploits? Yeah. I mean, in the, in the elemental battles tutorial, uh, it's it's kind of like anti-cheating in games. It still happens even though developers put huge teams on it. Uh, because one of the ways to do to prevent people from cheating, prevent most people from cheating, is to obfuscate. You basically make it really hard to figure out what you're actually doing in this code. Uh, you kind of like hide your logic, hide your logic, hide your logic. You know, uh, try to make it you know, like in Elemental Battles, uh, the tutorial. It's not secure randomness at all. All right, <laughs> but, but I mean, there's no value writing on an Elemental Battles game, so that's mm -hmm. kind of fine. 
but uh, there's still warnings throughout, like, don't use this in production, don't do this in a production app, you know, don't use this when value's at stake. Because we kind of just uh, get the previous random number and kind of throw in the time and make a new random number out of it. That's a way that somebody couldn't sit down with, like, a calculator and, you know, try to predict. They'd have to do something more advanced, right? But if there's, but like, it, a bunch of money on the breakable. line, or, like, it, like with a prediction oh, yeah. market, like, oh, that's oh, yeah. where it would get gamed. If it's Elemental Battles, it's, like, a little pet project. So right. <laughs> there's no incentive to, like, break the randomness or build a bot to break it. Like, it's just... It's not really relevant in this situation. Right. But in in a situation where you're handling other people's tokens or money, uh, and there's incentive to cheat or incentive to rob a DAP completely blind, that's whenever you really got to uh, protect every pot- potential security loophole and exploit. Right. Um, and again, these kind of things aren't necessarily detectable immediately. It seems like a lucky streak for a little while, maybe. Because mm-hmm. you're it's just like a card counter uh, in a casino, they can get away with yeah. it until it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This, like, yeah, exactly. he was on a lucky streak, but now he's like doing something he shouldn't. He's he's got cameras. He's a card counter. I don't know what he. I don't know different ways to cheat in a casino. But well, it's like yeah. That. So, like even uh, even contracts, even even DApps that uh, do have secure randomness or think they do, should probably implement some kind of like threshold, like a, like an anti card counter thing, right? Like. If this person's won the last six thousand rolls, mm-hmm. you know, trigger some kind of flag, you know, to to check mm-hmm. them out. Um, but yeah, there, it's definitely true. The Dexios hack, which was in September of twenty eighteen, was I think like fifty grand before they noticed. Right, and it's because somebody could learn the random numbers, which means mm-hmm. they knew how to roll, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm excited. We're building features out without compromising decentralization, without compromising security uh, from your DAP. But uh, I'm definitely excited to see what the community will continue to build and what we at Liquid Apps might continue to build. So we've we've been going a really long time. I think this is a good spot to wrap up. I think we've given people enough stuff to chew on, but I want to just leave this off with... um, Please sign up for the developer courses if you haven't already. Uh, it's at everythingios.io front slash dev. So make sure you check out the course. And remember, everyone, go EOS. <laughs>